0: Hello language lovers, this is Daniel and this will be just a very short introduction to this bonus episode because it's a Swapcast. I had the pleasure of Sheila West interviewing me about my language journey and the interview is going to be published on the All About You podcast and This podcast is really great. I have been following it quite some time. It is an interview-based podcast where you can hear stories from everyday people about their hobbies, their travels, and their experiences. So it's not specifically tailored for language learners. But nevertheless, if you are into English learning or if you like that sort of interviews, then I highly recommend you to go take a look. It's really great. So, for example, some topics that I came across was journaling or Sheila interviewed a hypnotist. And the one I liked the most is being a clairvoyant. It's with a woman called Anu who talks for the first time publicly about her experience of having this ability of being clairvoyant. But now, without any further ado, let's dive into today's Swapcast interview. And thank you very much, Sheila.
1: Welcome to the All About You podcast. And today I have a conversation with Daniel and we are going to be talking about using podcasting as a way to improve our language skills, particularly use when we are learning another language. So Daniel, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you for having me, Sheila. It's a real pleasure to be here.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to this. This is our very first video podcast, so something very, very different. So, Daniel, we're talking about podcasting as using that as a medium to help with language learning. So, that's quite an interesting topic. So, do you want to introduce yourself and how you got into podcasting and started using it as a way of language learning?
0: Yeah, of course. So I am Daniel. I come from Switzerland, from the German-speaking part of Switzerland. And I grew up bilingually Spanish because my father comes from Argentina and Swiss-German because my mother comes from Switzerland. I have always been surrounded by many different languages and also when I started school or let's say in the third grade I had to learn French and so it was always a thing that I was very passionate about and then at 17 I had my very first English lesson and somehow I fell in love with English and yeah as it happens I discovered podcasts and back in the day they were not so common right and there were a lot of English podcasts but no German podcast and then I just listened for hours and hours to different content and that was like my main method to learn English but almost always in a very passive way, by listening to a lot of English. Yeah, that was how it started. So
1: you use podcasts to help you learn other languages, and then you got into podcasting yourself. So how did that change start from sort of being the student to thinking, okay, I want to actually produce these for other language learners.
0: That was actually a very, very slow process because I am an introvert. And for me, even in my mother tongue, I'm not a very talkative person. I am more the listener type. And for me, it was really (laughs) stepping outside of my comfort zone. But as I was an avid, podcast listener and I really loved to listen to content how to learn a language I decided to start out to start speaking as well because I had no practice partners here in Switzerland and I had no reasons to use English in my day-to-day life I didn't know anybody who speaks English I first thought I could do it in Swiss German or in standard German but, you know, <laughs> I am very insecure when it comes to my dialect. Also, because it is supposed to be a little bit exotic, even here in Switzerland, where I grew up. Yeah, right. It would embarrass me to listen to myself or <laughs> I don't know. I just couldn't imagine myself speaking in my own mother tongue. It sounds really strange, I know. So for me, it was easier to start out a podcast in English than to use my own language. So that was like the starting point. And also I wanted to become fluent in English. And in the very beginning, I would just write a script and then read it out loud. So, yeah, it was a really slow process. And maybe I should mention that I started back in 2016. And I can remember that even my podcast cover for MyFluent Podcast, which is the name, was just a sticky note. A yellow sticky note where I have jotted down the name MyFluent Podcast and I could upload it. I think it was on Stitcher. And it was just ridiculous because you could see all the fancy covers of other podcasts, and then all of a sudden my cover stick out with this sticky note. <laughs> and it's just hilarious. But I love it because the crucial thing when it comes to learning a language is also to just start out and to keep going. And that's what I basically did. Because I had no experience in podcasting and and I just went on and on until today. <laughs>
1: I mean, I think that is a fantastic story, Danielle, about the sticky note. Because when you talk to people about, yes, I have a podcast, they have this vision of thousands of euros or pounds worth of equipment, this fancy studio a team of people. And yes, a lot of people do have that. I'm not one of those people. And I think your story is just saying, just your sticky note, yeah, for some time that was the, the cover art for your podcast. And I think that's great because we all have to start somewhere. You don't start with a huge budget for your podcast. You start with a microphone, download some software and just basically go for it. So I think that is such an inspiring story for people who are thinking about getting into the podcast. And I think, you know, when you're talking about language learning, it is step by step by step. It's not a straight line. It doesn't go straight up. It's got lumps and bumps and detours Books get thrown across the room. I'm never doing this again. Absolutely. You go back the next day. All oh, right. I understand it now. It's, it's frustrating, but it also can be so rewarding. So yeah, in, interesting mm-hmm. points there. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And may I add something to it? Because actually what I did was my goal was to become fluent. And that's why my podcast name is my fluent podcast but actually it's not a very smart goal not at all because usually the experts would tell you that you should have smart goals right and my goal was not specific nevertheless in my opinion i reached my goal because these days i can conduct interviews with people from all over the world and i had no time pressure so it's really a hobby of mine Yeah.
1: (laughs) So if we talk about your podcast, so you've got the Fluent podcast where you interview different guests. What's your experience of finding those guests that you have on your show?
0: Well, I must say that these days it has become very easy (laughs) to find guests. It was not like that when I started out in 2016 because back in the day, you really had to explain what you were going for and people, they didn't understand it because they didn't know what a podcast was. So actually these days it has become really easy and oftentimes I would reach out also to podcasters, mainly to podcasters, which I love. So I can talk about topics that I am familiar with, and also I try to to conduct interviews with language learners, which is also very interesting. And I try to have a very nice mix of non-native speakers and English native speakers. So for me, it is really important to color all of them because in my opinion, everyone has a story to tell. I come across a guest or a potential guest and maybe the guest would say, no, I don't want to come because I don't have anything to tell. But actually, that is not true. And oftentimes, these stories would actually be the best stories because everyone has an important story to tell.
1: I mean, I so, so relate to that because obviously my podcast is called All About You. And I came across that idea because I was listening to podcasts and there were so many podcasts about famous people and you can listen to their life story. And I thought, everybody's got a story, a travel, an experience, something they've done. And I thought, maybe I can put the two together together. And that's what I do. So one day we're talking about someone's travel. Then I'll get somebody who's you know passionate about books or something. And it's so true. Everybody has a story. And some people are happy to say, well, I could talk about this, that, and the other. And you say, oh, my God, that's amazing. You've been here and you've done that. And for me, one of the greatest things I've done is telling somebody's life story. It was, I think, 13 different podcasts. They had travelled around the world with their job for 47 years. And we did a podcast last summer on every single country. Wow. And it it was a labour of love for both of us. We spent hours doing all the recordings. But for me, somebody's life story Because a lot of people say, oh, I'm writing my life story. I'm not an author. It's a labour of love. A lot of those books never make it to being published. Having this man's life story recorded, it's there for him, for his family, for his grandchildren, for generations to come. I feel incredibly proud to have somebody's life story that may never make it into a book because of that writing process. But to sit down and talk about it, to me, is genius. Yes. Everybody can talk, but not everybody wants to or feels able to write a book.
0: Absolutely, and it's invaluable, right? So for me, I don't earn money with my podcasts because it's a a labor of love. But to me, it's invaluable to make these connections and to learn about those stories. And also for me, because I could grow as a person as well. And it's like having a connection with people who, yeah, you, you don't know them, but in a way, you know them because you make these little connections.
1: And I think having a podcast, I mean, especially, you know, we're recording over Skype, you're in Switzerland, I'm in Spain. You get access to people that you would probably never come across in your daily life. And to me, the education I receive from these guests, whether it's about their travel or experiences or whether it's about one of their passions the education i receive is absolutely phenomenal I, I i am just so blessed and another thing that always comes up when you say you have a podcast oh how much money do you earn do you have sponsors do you get freebies and i would say a lot of people out there it's their main source of income they're selling courses books etc cetera, etc cetera. that's absolutely fine however for me because I'm telling somebody's life story or it's talking about their passion or experience, to me, that is an honour and a privilege. And I would never, ever consider making money off of that. I always joke and say, well, if somebody wants to buy me Mm -hmm. a new MacBook, that would be lovely. Um, And I know a lot of people have, you know, patron or buy me a beer. I'm not going down those routes because I think... You know, these people are spending time and effort in doing the podcast with me, giving me and my listeners this amazing education or insight or inspiring them to do things. That's payment enough. Absolutely.
0: Yes. I couldn't agree more.
1: I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in the world of podcasting and, you know, you look at sort of the top 10 podcasters. Yeah, but that's not what my podcast is about. And I absolutely adore my podcast. I feel so blessed and honoured with the people who come on and talk about things. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it.
0: And when did you start your podcast?
1: I've been going for about two and a half years now. And for the first two years, it was a weekly podcast on a Sunday evening. But this year, I took the decision to go every other week. And I have to say, it's made it a lot easier um, and more guests seem to be sort of landing in my diary, which is rather nice. So, yeah, it, it's much more workable. I think a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into a podcast. It's not just having a conversation with somebody yes. and it goes up. No, no, no. You've got several conversations before the editing. But, yeah, it, it, it's cool. I love it. Absolutely love it.
0: Yeah. The other day I came across an episode of english for curious minds it's a podcast which i love and the host there spoke about the making of his podcast and he told us that it took him eight to twenty hours to produce one single podcast and of course also all the social media around it that comes with it so it's really huge but well in his case We have to add that it has become his profession. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, I always say mine is a passion project. You know, it's not it's not a work or anything like that. But yeah, still love it. So, Daniel, you've got my fluent podcast, but you've also got the vocab man. Can we talk about that?
0: Yes, sure. So, the vocab man is like an audio notebook, basically. So, whenever I come across a fancy expression that I want to learn. Or this could be even from an interview that I conducted on my Fluent podcast. I would grab a little snippet and then build a podcast episode on the vocab man. And then I would explain it, give e- examples, and insert maybe some audio files. And it's just a cool way for me to learn new expressions, but also others can learn with me, basically it's, it's learning with a learner, right? And I also think that it is much more fun to learn together than, than just alone.
1: I mean, it's very interesting when you are learning another language, I think, as you are older, because children are sponges they just absorb vocabulary and i'm sure you're the same in switzerland you know you meet a lot of kids and they are bilingual trilingual and it's just incredible you know maybe the mother is one nationality the father is is another and and generally learning english as well i mean that is fantastic and i think the gift those children will realise as they get older, they have got because they haven't had to sit down with the books. They haven't had to go to classes. You know, from a very young age, they've absorbed an awful lot of vocabulary and they don't even realise they're learning it. As an adult learner, we are very much, okay. we need to buy the book. We have a dictionary. We use podcasts. We use YouTube. All these different resources to learn another language. But I think as an adult, it's so much harder when I have conversations with people. A lot of people I meet from all over the world here, they're all learning Spanish and they just say the same thing. We don't understand the grammar in our own language. <laughs> and that causes a problem when we're trying to understand the grammar in Spanish, for obviously my case here. And that is a big problem because Spanish, and I don't know about German, Italian, is generally taught going down the grammar route. We don't start off with, okay, let's work out how we can order a coffee, how we can order a sandwich, where the bank is and how yeah, you know where's the bus stop.
0: It's the same here in Switzerland.
1: <laughs> yeah. And and I think this is the problem because the very first thing people come across is I don't understand a grammar point in my own language, let alone in in Spanish. So they have to literally sort of go and get a a, a grammar book in English, understand it in English to say, okay, I understand in English, right, so the equivalent is this in Spanish. And that is a real big eye-opener for people learning Spanish is our lack of grammar.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So, yeah. Daniel, in your opinion, what do you think is the best way to go about starting to learn a language?
0: The best way, well, starting a new language, okay. I would say just uh try to get an overview of the language. This could be just by by reading a Wikipedia article, just to see how the language is is made up and then try to learn vocabulary words, maybe like the most thousand used words, because there are these frequency lists on the internet. I would focus on that, right? And then once you have a certain amount of vocabulary. I would listen to podcasts in your target language because yeah, well, at least in my experience, I really like learning with audio and for example, I am learning Italian and my method there right now is I just listen to podcasts, but these are very short podcasts and they come with transcripts and translations. So the more I am listening to it, the better I can understand it. So I would go by listening to a lot of, yeah, to get a lot of exposure. But it's a huge question, Sheila, you know, because everyone is different and it also depends on the language that you are focusing. Because for instance, Italian is very similar to spanish and i am able to understand spanish and it has also similarities with french even so for me it is really easy to understand but let's say if i were to learn chinese then it would be a completely different (laughs) story i guess
1: i think one thing that I have really learned about myself in learning Spanish is the type of learner I am. I am very much a visual learner. So for me, a podcast on YouTube or a YouTube video where you've got the teacher conjugating the verbs and you can see the verbs as they come up on the blackboard or on the whiteboard is absolutely brilliant. And for me... To actually listen to audio, but I can follow the transcript as well, really, really works. Highlighters are my best friend because um, for people that aren't familiar in, I'm pretty sure it's the same in Italian, but in Spanish, everything has a gender. So you may learn the word for bottle or water or dog, (laughs) but... Is it masculine or feminine? And that is a huge thing as an English speaker to try and get your head round the fact everything is either going to be masculine or female. So right from the very beginning, a pink and a blue highlighter. Okay, everything in pink, feminine, everything in blue, masculine, which works to a certain extent. And then you get certain words which are not what they should be. So for me, as a visual learner, Reading things while I'm listening is brilliant and highlighting vocabulary. If I'm reading a page in a book and new vocabulary comes up, that gets highlighted in orange for me as a visual learner. And I think it's really understanding how you learn. You know, some people just are happy to listen and repeat. Other people like to write down lists of vocabulary, what can they remember, that type of thing. So I think you learn an awful lot about yourself when you start learning another language.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think so too, yes.
1: (laughs) So I think once you find out what kind of a learner are you, I mean, are you somebody that can spend one hour with your head and the books? That's great. Or are you somebody who, no, I'm quite happy to watch a five minute video, maybe make a few notes. And then that's my language learning for the day done. You know, are you using something like an app on a phone, which is very popular? Me, I just hate anything like that. That's just not (laughs) going to work for me. But that's great because I know that that wouldn't interest me having the technology on my phone doesn't I, I just don't that doesn't float my boat so to speak but there were so many different ways out there as well as yeah. going to classes having a private tutor but i think a big thing you learn learning another language is how best you learn and once you sort that out i think that really puts you on a good path what works for you may be totally different to somebody else
0: yeah, absolutely. And I also want to say that I am also a highlighter, right? I love highlighting mm-hmm. stuff. So for example, even this interview, let's say if I put it into my software, and to my editing software, first thing I would do is to highlight the expression that you used before to wrap um, your head around something. Yeah. So then I would highlight it. And then I I have the text, I have the spoken word and I can save it somewhere digitally. It's just also how I love learning. And even when I am listening to an English podcast, I can highlight things because the app that I'm using, it's called Snipped and Snipped generates. It comes, I think it comes from artificial intelligence. It can make the transcript and then you can also highlight some passages. And then I I save it into a specific folder. And then it's also like my digital notebook, my vocabulary notebook. And I have all my expressions saved up and I can go back to the podcast and listen to it. And the good thing is that I have an expression and I have also the context, right? And it's not just like a, an artificial example or something like that. No, it, it has been used in a podcast or in an interview. And that are the ex- expressions that I'm looking for. For example, on my Woke Up Man podcast, I try to, to learn practical expressions. I will give you an example or two, it slipped my mind or to pick someone's brain or your guess is as good as mine. So I think these are expressions that you would not necessarily find in a textbook, but I find them in conversations and then I try to learn them.
1: I think it can be incredibly overwhelming because when you start to learn a language, there's vocabulary, there's grammar, there's expressions. And I think, you know, okay, I've got to listen to things, I've got to read things, I've got the grammar, I've got to speak. It can become incredibly overwhelming very, very quickly. And I think, you know, If if only it sort of went up as a nice, gentle curve, you're just going... It doesn't. It goes up. You have tremendous (laughs) highs, tremendous lows and a lot sort of in the middle. And I always think language learning is rather like children. If you see a child every day, you don't see their development. You don't see the changes. If you see a child once a month or once every couple of months, oh, my God, the child's grown, their body's changing, you know, their hair's longer. And I equate language learning the same. We often don't see how we are progressing. It's only when our friends sort of go, oh, so when did you learn that expression or that vocabulary? Oh, yeah, you're pronouncing Mm -hmm. that better. They see the change but I don't think we do. And that can be incredibly frustrating.
0: Yeah, unless you have your own podcast and you can go back to your first episode and compare.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I mean, a lot of people say, even with a podcast anyway, my God, you know, when I go back to the first one, um, uh, 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 now, you know, we're, we're quite confidently to speak quite openly. I know a lot of people use scripts. I don't because it's not about me speaking. It's the guest. But Yeah. It's seeing that progression that is so important. So Daniel, what what are the future plans for you with your language learning and the podcasts?
0: Yeah. So my next goal is to get fluent in Italian. So basically, I try to do the same thing that I did with my fluent podcast, but in Italian. But the thing is, I am, I am scared. <laughs> so, I have two or three potential guests but yeah something is holding me back because i have no experience in talking in italian so it will be really hard in the beginning but the right thing to do would be to really fix the date and the time and then just roll with it
1: (laughs) very good very common expression let's roll with it absolutely and i think as well you sort of when you talk to people, no matter what project they're on and they're, well, yeah, it's nearly ready and I've just got to do this. I've just got to do that. We want to produce something perfect from day one. And no matter what you're doing, that doesn't happen. Sometimes you just have to just go for it. And that at least gives you a starting point, And we can say, OK, well, that was the first one. This is what I would change for the second one. And I think that's exactly the same in, in anything you do.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely. It.
1: You just need to have that first one. And yes, people are going to judge you, but they'll judge you for 30 seconds and they go off and do something else. Once you've got that first thing done, then you can say, OK, this is what I would do differently. It's, 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 we're a lifetime of learning, lifetime of learning.
0: Yeah, and and we should forget about ourselves also in the sense that we shouldn't beat ourselves up because one thing that I learned from an interview guest, it was actually Hamid from Pakistan, and he said that we should turn our ego into an egg and break it (laughs) because Uh that way we can learn better and we are not afraid of making mistakes.
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? As an adult learner, we are frightened of looking stupid. And I always equate this. I said, as an adult, we can speak in our native tongue very happily. We're confident. Speaking in the language we're learning, I think we sound like a five-year-old toddler. Yeah. And to other people, yeah, okay, I understand, but that sort of toddler language Because that's what we're doing, because we haven't, you know, we're very much, as the book, we're not putting in expressions, we're not maybe using a little bit of natural slang, we are, well this is what it said in the grammar book, and this is what I'm going to say, Mm -hmm. it's not natural, and we are, we're like five-year-old toddlers, and that's not good for our ego,
0: as an adult. And Sheila, have you ever considered making a podcast in spanish
1: i have done yes i have done i think the thing is i've got so many brilliant people coming up on the podcast and (laughs) it really has changed since i've gone over to doing two a month instead of four and i don't know why but all of a sudden people are just coming across my radar Which is absolutely fantastic. So I'm not really sure what's changed, but I'm internally grateful for it. So, you know, I've got to start thinking, how would I feel doing a podcast in Spanish? I think the first thing is just to do it and then listen back to it and see how it comes across. If it's completely rubbish, I wouldn't want to put it out because that's not fair on anybody's ears. You know, I'm pretty good at holding a conversation in Spanish, but I think it would have to be a reasonably simple topic to start with. And the interesting thing, Spanish people speak incredibly quickly, incredibly (laughs) quickly. So I think for them as well, they would have to slow down. I think that's one thing I would be very, very conscious of because... A lot of people have said to me, I listen to your podcast as language learning. So okay. if it's in Spanish, it may well be English people will listen to it because they're learning Spanish. So again, when I'm learning Spanish, it doesn't work with me listening to somebody who's speaking Spanish at 100 miles an hour, <laughs> which is the natural speed of their, the speech, because I'm listening for the vocabulary, the pronunciation, the rhythm of what they're saying. So they would really have to slow down and that wouldn't come naturally to Spanish people. So I think picking somebody who would understand that, I think, is is going to be very, very important for me and for the listeners. But it is definitely on, on the goal sheet to, to do. For me, is it for growth mm-hmm. as well, for personal growth. Absolutely.
0: So I I would definitely listen to it. Oh,
1: you'd be my first listener then, Daniel.
0: (laughs) Or I could also be a guest of yours.
1: Yes, you could. Absolutely. We could do, you know, a slow Spanish podcast. That would be great because this is the beauty of podcasts. We can be commuting, exercising in the supermarket We are language learning and okay, you're not listening intently, but it's still, you know, it's still still Spanish, Italian, French, German, English in your ears as you go about your normal daily life. Yeah, I think we're incredibly lucky to have the medium of podcasting. And YouTube for language learning.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah.
1: yes. I mean, I'm convinced with podcasting and YouTube, you would not have to spend a single penny on a language book. There is so much stuff out. There. there are so many teachers that generously give their time and their expertise. And yeah, we all seem to be quite comfortable with language learning, you know, on our screens and in our ears as opposed to going <laughs> to classes, yeah. And if that works for you, absolutely go for
0: it. Yeah. Now nowadays we even have Chat GPT, <laughs> which is helping.
1: Yeah, I haven't looked into that yet, but that's something definitely I need to explore. But yeah. So Daniel, thank you so much. What an interesting conversation thank about you for having of me. podcasting and how it can help us with language learning. So good luck with my Fluent podcast and the vocab ban.
0: Thank you very much, Sheila.
1: Thank you, Daniel.
0: So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode, or let's call it better, the Swapcast episode. And just so you know, My Fluent Podcast is also on YouTube. So if you type in My Fluent Podcast on YouTube, you'll find my channel. And also... I wanted to add that I find it a, a very good way to learn English or every other language through listening to interview based podcasts because yeah, because it it's like you're listening to you're listening to to real content, and for that i I also wanted to mention the Lex Friedman podcast which is also amazing and his interviews often time often time lasts about 2 or 3 or even 4 hours and they go really deep into the philosophical stuff but also technology and other stuff and also i wanted to show you a little excerpt of my favorite episode of the all about you podcast it's about clairvoyance, and Anu is uh, in the little excerpt. Anu is explaining what clairvoyance is from her perspective or from her experience. So, have fun and thank you very much for listening. And yeah, check it out the All About You podcast.
2: Clairvoyance is an ability where you can see situations people, places, where you are not in person, but they are happening maybe in the future or in the parallel timeline. Um, And it's stronger with the places and people you have connection with as compared to people you do not have a connection with. And I feel, so I don't know the science behind it, but I'm just explaining what my experience has been. And I feel the reason behind this intensity of the visions is based upon the energies of people you are connected with. So in my case, I have solid uh, intuitions or clairvoyant intuitions with respect to my friends and my family. But if I have to do that with a stranger, um, I am not as proficient or I choose not to be proficient because then it's a mingling of a lot of energies. And my preference is to be only restricting myself with the people I know and I care for. And if I do um, have any um, vision or an intuition about them, then I share with them. But other than that, not with the strangers. And a lot of people also feel that Dreams could be a way of clairvoyance as well. Um, It's different for dreams um, as well. It's, yes, it's a part of clairvoyance, but the reality of clairvoyance is when you actually um, see things happening in front of your eyes like a movie.